Welcome to Whores Talk Horror. We're not really whores. We just like wordplay. Hello, welcome to Whores Talk Horror. I'm Sharon. I'm Melinda. And this week, um, we're going to have kind of a shortened episode. Why is that, Melinda? Uh, Because I went on vacation to Montreal, Canada. But while I was there, I did actually do a little ghost research. So uh, it wasn't totally a wasted trip. Yeah, so we didn't have time to record last weekend, so we are literally recording this episode and editing it today so that at midnight we can uh, release it. So this weekend was kind of a big weekend for true crime. At least it was for me. Uh, Mindhunter started on Friday, season two, which I'm only three episodes in because I haven't had time to um, watch as many episodes as I wanted to. And I'm zero episodes in, so... But that's all right. It, so far, it's um, it's starting a little slow. I know season one, a lot of people said it was a little slow. I kind of disagree with that. I thought season one, um, I don't know, captivated me like from the very first episode and just sucked me in. Agreed. And uh, this one starting off a little slower than season one, but I think it's starting to pick up now, um, so I'm excited to see where it's going to go. But anyways, so there's that. And I also went to a book signing yesterday and got to meet Billy Jensen. What? What? And he's promoting his new book, Chase Darkness With Me. So uh, if you don't know who Billy Jensen is, he is a true crime journalist who focuses mainly on cold cases and missing persons. And... When I um, had him sign my book, I really should have asked him about Susan Powell, but I kind of like blanked when I met him. I didn't really know what to say. And then Spencer asked him a question and um, there was so many people waiting to meet him that it was kind of like boom, boom, boom. You know, I didn't want to like hold up his time, but uh, Susan Powell is um, a missing persons case that Mindy and I actually are going to discuss in an upcoming episode, probably in one to two weeks. Um, we're going to go into depth about that case. Because it is something else. Wow, yeah. It's really, <laughs> really fascinating. And I kind of wanted to see if Billy Johnson had any insight into it, if you know he spent any time at all researching um. that case, or if he was asked to maybe um, you know look into it. But we will we will talk more about Susan Powell uh, in a couple couple weeks. Um, but anyways, so I'm kind of paraphrasing from his book. But after uh, 17 years of writing about hundreds of stories that were never solved, uh, Billy decided that he needed to get involved and start trying to solve these cold cases himself. And since he started doing that, he has solved or helped solve 10 homicides and helped locate many missing persons. He also co-hosts The Murder Squad with Paul Holes, and he also is a co-host on uh, the First Degree podcast with Jack Vanek and Alexis Linkletter. And fun fact, Alexis is a producer for many true crime television shows, including Snapped Killer Couples, and in a couple weeks we will um, have an uh, a podcast where we will interview uh, Amanda Goodyear, who is an actress who is actually in one of the episodes of Snapped Killer Couples. So we're going to be talking to her all about that experience. In fact, we're going to be interviewing her tonight. So 
So excited. I know. I'm really excited <laughs> to talk to her because after watching her episode, I, we have so many questions. And so. I love those reenactment shows <laughs> so much. Those reenactment shows are the best. Um, so Billy came in and his his book editor um, introduced him and we did, um, you know, she, she asked him a bunch of questions and then we did a Q&A and he told us a story about how the last time he was in Neighborville, Illinois, at the very same location that we were at yesterday for his book signing, he was there with Patton Oswalt and <gasps> Paul Haynes. And oh. they were there for an event discussing I'll Be Gone in the Dark, which is the book by Michelle McNamara about Golden State Killer. Really quick, Sharon hasn't told me any of this, and I think I know where this is going, and I'm so excited. Uh, I'm excited well, to hear this maybe, story. Maybe you're right. But, uh, yeah, this Sorry. was... this. No, 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 you're good. Um, but this is pretty exciting because, uh, also, FYI, while they were there at this event, they also had a uh, film crew with them because they were shooting footage for an upcoming documentary that will be on HBO, which is um, about I'll Be Gone in the Dark. Nice. So I think that he said it was going to be out next May or June, so I'm super excited for that documentary to oh. come out. So anyways, um, so last year when they were in Neighborville for the first time and they got to the Q&A section of the event, someone asked, do you think the Golden State Killer will ever be caught? And so Billy answered, yes, within the next five years, I think it'll happen because now we have his, we have his DNA and eventually through familial DNA, um, through, you know, sites like 23andMe, uh, they think they will catch him. So basically, while this event was going on, back in San Clemente, they had no idea that they were actually arresting, booking, and planning a big press conference for the next day to announce that they finally caught the Golden State Killer, who we now know is Joseph James D'Angelo. And so when Billy learned of this news, which is hours after the event, um, he got text messages and he was kind of communicating back and forth with people and they're like do you think they got him do you think they really got him and and then eventually he found out like they did get him and he was like shit he's like i need to tell Patton," you know um because as we all know Patton was married to michelle mcnamara who wrote the book and actually, I think at that that event, her parents were in the audience, right? Yes. Yeah, yeah. Yes, because her parents are from Oak Park, Illinois, which is like 30 miles away um, from Neighborville, or it's pretty, you know, close by. Um, so yes, her parents were there too. So I mean, it was a, a huge deal. Oh, that's awesome. So unfortunately, the camera crew was staying at a different location than Billy <gasps> and Patton. Um, so Billy and Patton were in Chicago. And so he was like, shit, well, I have to get Patton Oswalt's reaction when I tell him the news. And so he ended up um, telling him and recording him on his phone. And oh. that will be included in the HBO documentary. So, yeah, hopefully. I can't, the, Yes, I'm going to say most definitely. Probably, yeah. I just remember from that, because I was so excited hearing that news, I remember, and Pat, no I just remember seeing Pat Oswald on Instagram, and I started crying because he posted this video as he was flying out of O'Hare, and I didn't even know they were here mm -hmm. in, like, the Chicago area. I I didn't know either. And he was, I just remember him, like, making this video, and I'm like, why is he at O'Hare? What is going on? Wait, they're in Chicago? And he just said, like, I think we got a Michelle, and I lost my shit. I know. But, like, that's exciting. Anyway, back to it's Billy Jensen. Very exciting. Oh, I wish I could have been there. I know. I wish you could have been there, too. But... I was at a baby shower. But I met two murderinos. So that's mm -hmm. pretty cool. 
Anyway, yeah. I dragged Spencer with me, which <laughs> is the next thing I'm going to talk about. So <laughs> one woman um, stood up in the Q&A, and I, I have to say there was about 200 people there. About 90% of them were women. There was maybe 20, 20 men in the audience. And woman, one woman asked Billy why she thought most people in the audience are women. And basically, um, I forgot exactly how she phrased it, but why did he think that most women or most of the people who are interested in true crime are mm. women? And so um, I don't remember his response exactly, but it was – Basically, um, something like women are more in touch with their emotions and they're more empathetic to what's going on in the world. And um, when she asked this question, like everyone started laughing because it was very obvious <laughs> that most of the people were women. And so he kind of thanked all the men <laughs> who were there because he was like, yeah, I'm, I'm sure all of you were probably like dragged here. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't it wasn't like you're um you know on your to-do list of things to do today like oh go see billy jensen and also it's pretty obvious that another reason why a lot of women are there is because billy jensen's pretty easy on the eyes he is i do i mean paul we all know paul holes is yes. pretty easy on the eyes but both of them also a lot of crime is perpetrated against women that would be my guess exactly. is that like women like to not like to read about this stuff but like are interested because it's self-preservation almost. Yeah, they need to be aware of what's going on in the world so that they can protect themselves. I totally agree. Um, and so uh, some of the other questions and things that he addressed during the, the discussion, uh, he talked about growing up in New York City during the time of Son of Sam, when Son of Sam was on the loose, oh. and how um, his sisters used to have to tie their hair up when they would go out <gasps> or wear it up just because Son of Sam, his... Uh, his type that he went for was women with, like, long, dark hair. So if you had long, dark hair, women either cut it off or would tie it up so that they would not become one of Son of Sam's victims. Um, someone asked him about the cases that most influenced him and um, how he he kind of, like, got into true crime originally. And he said that JFK was probably the first big case that sparked his interest in true crime. Hmm. Um, a few other things we learned about him was that he is a big Star Wars fan. No. Yes. And he has a chapter in his book called The Cantina Scene. <laughs> and his editor actually was like, no, you can't call. You can't call the chapter that. And he was like, no, <laughs> this is sticking. So um, he's also very funny. He enjoys a cocktail or two. And he didn't come directly out and say so, but after hearing a few remarks he made about Trump, it's pretty obvious he is not a fan of Trump. So all those things make me like him even more. Um, and when I did meet him, I did manage to ask him quickly if he knew anything about the Chicago serial killer case and if he was um, helping work on that case. And he did say that when he finishes his book tour that he will be assisting on that case wow so, billy call us <laughs> well you know what if you read his book it talks about ways in which all of us can help kind of do what he does so you awesome. know what maybe we can help him solve that case maybe you know all of you who were at the show yesterday you can help solve the case too um and I have a little surprise for you, Mindy. So here you go. <gasps> oh my 
god, Sharon is handing me his book. And open it up. Shut up. <laughs> oh my god, it's autographed. It says, to Melinda, keep digging Billy Jensen. Oh, this is the coolest bookmark I've ever seen. It's a magnifying glass, and it has the book title on it. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Happy belated birthday. Thank you. Oh, I love him. Oh, and I love you. Aww. Thank you. You're welcome. So yeah, it was it was really fun. Awesome. If you um, <laughs> have a chance to see him, if he's, I don't know how much longer his book tour is going on, but uh, if he's coming to your town, it was definitely, definitely worth uh, getting tickets to his show because he's he's very entertaining. He's very funny. Um, what he does is amazing. And, yeah, anyone who's a fan of true crime, even if you've never heard of him before, go uh, get the book, hear what he has to say, and, yeah, chase darkness with him. And I've been listening to everything Sharon said, but then, like, peeking through the book. <laughs> If she's talking. I'm not ignoring you. I'm just really excited. Thank you. Sorry. So um, now I think Mindy is going to tell us a little bit about some of the the paranormal activity that she learned about in Montreal. Yeah. Um, I'm not going to. There's a lot of different stories that uh, my friend surprised me by booking a ghost tour um, of old. We were in old Montreal, which is sort of like it looks basically like rural France. Well, not rural, rural France, but, like, hills and cobblestones and just, like, it was gorgeous. Um, but I posted a picture of one of the stories that's pretty infamous uh, in Montreal. Marie-Joseph Angelique was an enslaved African-American woman owned uh, by some, I'm just going to say, rich a rich French family in Montreal. Because <laughs> I'm not going to try and butcher names, but those of you who, who speak uh French fluently and and know the story better, feel free to write in and correct all of my pronunciation. I would appreciate it. Um, but in 1734, she was charged with arson after a fire leveled Montreal's Merchants Quarter. Um, the home that she worked at was actually really close to like the town center. And there was a rumor that she started a fire in the home. And so she was, of course, arrested because she was a black woman. And, uh, you know, she, that's how it rolls in the 1700s. How it was, how it uh, is. She actually was convicted because everything was circumstantial, but she was convicted because I believe it was a five-year-old girl came to the police station with her mother and said that she saw Marie throw a flaming rag into the house. So she was convicted yeah. by a five-year-old girl. Which probably, that little girl did not see that. And well, her to mother... be fair, uh, Marie Joseph, she did try to run away a few times. But, you know, who's going to blame someone like that? Because, I mean, I don't want to be a slave. Like, I don't blame her. She tried to get out of the situation. She even had been, like, sold into, like, not child. I'm not, I don't know what the word I'm looking for. But her owners had, like, paired her with a neighboring slave to, like, breed essentially, mm. while she was, like, quote, working for them. To breed with the white families? No, with the other slave from the, like, oh, house next door. to make door. more employees. To make, to make more, more yeah. workers. Thank you. Gotcha. Yes. Thank you. Um, and so, like, why would, would you want to stay there? Like, you know, yeah. I kind of don't blame her. But the I whole sto- the story that is the, go- the ghost part of it is that she was convicted. She was hung 
and set on fire while hanging Aww. in the town square and left there. Ugh. So, like, as the wind would blow, the ashes from her dead body Aww. would spray around. Um, and the tradition at the time was that when you've been convicted, they would make you walk the town square in, like, a white gown holding a torch because it was arson mm-hmm. to, like, shame you in front of everybody. And then they, like, strung her up and whatever. So the ghost story is that apparently people still see her walking through the town square holding the torch in a white gown. Well, her ashes were blown everywhere. So, like, technically, yeah, she could be... And if I were her, I would haunt the fuck out of that place. Fuck out of the whole town. (laughs) Because screw that. Like, um, but she's... uh, I posted a a painting of her that we found, or that I found online, um... Obviously, there's more of this story. There's a lot more detail. I encourage folks to go online and look it up because it's sad. It's really interesting, though, I think. How many people died in the fire, did they say? Um, That's oddly not really... That wasn't mentioned on our tour. Oh. (laughs) But it wiped out the businesses of, like, almost the entire town. So, like... God. So there might not have been any... Casualties, really, but, like... Casualties. There's no, all these people's businesses were now gone. But still, they probably, even her just conspiring to do that, they probably would have hung her anyways as punishment and oh, yeah. made an example for the rest of the slaves not to step out of line. Exactly. So, yeah. And there was a rumor, too, that she uh, had a co-conspirator who was a gentleman friend of hers that she had tried to run away with once before, but there was never any proof of that at all. Um, so that, but that was the Mingo story they talked about was that she is known to walk the streets of old Montreal at night carrying the torch. I did not see this happen. Um, I hope she's resting in peace because after a life like that, my God, but I can also understand if she'd be pissed and wants to scare the hell out of people. For sure. Especially all the tourists we saw. My gosh, I wanted to scare the heck out of most of them. Just kidding. (laughs) But, um, Montreal is lovely regardless. The other story though that we heard was about a pub that my friend and I actually had dinner in. And unfortunately, the second floor is where they said that you normally hear noises and stuff, but they told us that was closed off for a private party. Uh, whatever. <laughs> Say what you will. I think maybe they just didn't want us up there. No, I'm just kidding. I, it, it, it was delicious. I don't want to badmouth this restaurant. But Sharon, correct me, it was Le Trois Brasier? Brasier. I, I think that's how you pronounce it. Um, it's a French pub with delicious food, and it's a brew pub, actually. They had actually one of the best, like, floral IPAs I've ever had in my <laughs> life. But that's besides the point. Um, the story behind this place, it's about a four-story tall building, and the pub, as it is now, the, the, the brewery area with the big camp, they have all that on display like most brew pubs yeah. do. Um, And then the second floor is like a banquet area is what they use it for, supposedly. But back in the day, um, again, like 1700s or so, uh, it was all apartment buildings. And so one story we heard on the ghost tour, which was really cool, because we were standing in the dark alley outside the building, like in this, it was kind of creepy and atmospheric. It was great. Um, The landlord, so there were like families living in these apartments and the landlord at the time, and I'm sorry, I don't remember why he decided to do this, but he basically wanted to renovate the building and kicked everybody out, just broke their leases, like families, children, everything, homeless on the streets. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so a few of the residents were angry about this. Just a few. As you would as you would be. 
And this is even our our tour our tour guide was like. I don't understand why people do this in horror movies, but as happens in in most horror movies, uh, these these gentlemen that went to uh, get their revenge, so or so we could say, on the landlord broke into the building at night once everyone was evacuated and set it on fire, but did so by starting the first floor on fire, then going up to the second floor. Instead of the other way around. So yeah. long story short, some of them died, were found dead on like the stairs trying to get up. The arsonists? The arsonists. <laughs> There's multiple. There were like four of them, I think. And then I think the tour guide said two of them made it to the top. So the fourth floor, the fourth story, and it was either burn to death or jump. So they jumped out the window and fell to their deaths on the cobblestone streets what out a front. Bunch of morons. Um, and so the story goes, and literally we walk into the restaurant, and I was like, "We be see- are you guys seeing anyone on the second floor? And like the waitress just looked at me and was like, no, it's private. Uh. But apparently if you sit up on the second floor of this brew pub even today, they have had customers say to their waiters, oh, what's going on upstairs? Because they can hear people running and noises, mm. and they have to be like, oh, uh... Nothing. Nothing. It's uh, not the ghost of dead arsonists. Exactly. Trying to escape a fire. Or angry, uh, angry tenants that <laughs> were kicked out of their <laughs> house and home. Um, but so when we were there, we unfortunately didn't hear any running around because we were on the ground floor and it was way too loud with drunk people to hear any ghosts running around upstairs. And I'm, I, I but I would love to sit on the second floor. Yeah. I would have really... But the food was good. I will say that. There was nothing ghostly about the food or the beer. But um, we got to eat there. And it was kind of cool because we could now say that we ate at Haunted Pub. But I just thought that was so horrible to think, like, they kicked these people out of their homes. And then the guys who were... Yes, they were angry. And no, you shouldn't start fires. But, like, they all died just because they were like, we just want to live in our apartment building. Yeah. Anyway, so those were two of the major ghost stories that we heard while we were there. I I know that there are tons more. Um, and there's if you look online, there's like countless blogs of different stories that we didn't even get to hear about. Mm-hmm. Um, well, maybe we'll do like a future episode. And dig into more, it yeah. more. But uh, I do have to say, if you have a chance to go to Montreal, not a bad place. Everyone was very lovely, very nice to us. Beautiful. It does look like old school France. Like it, it's really beautiful. So nice. I'm gonna plug go. for Montreal, Canada. Uh, just beware because it is haunted. All right. Well, thank you for sharing, Mindy. And I think that's all we're gonna do for right now because um, we gotta edit this and get it out to you guys to listen to tomorrow or today. <laughs> Or a I week guess, from now, whenever you're listening to or this. Whenever you're, yeah. So, um, yeah, that's about it. And if you have any um, ghost stories that you've experienced by being in Montreal, or um, if yes. Or any corrections to what I just talked about, <laughs> which are welcome. I will not be offended. Yes, corrections, <laughs> comments, concerns. Um, if you um, want to talk about Billy Johnson's book, or if you are also, uh, you know, investigative journalist like him and want to talk about some of your stories, please email us at horrorstalkhorror at gmail.com and follow us at follow us on Instagram and Facebook at horrorstalkhorror. And on Twitter, you can find us at horrorshorror. And thanks, thanks for, for getting, getting creepy, creepy with us. us.
Goodbye. Bye.